Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hub Arkish. Hub Arkush. Hub Arkish is an idiot, blah, blah, blah. Made a huge living talking football. He's constantly wrong. Anyone can do postgame. Well, thanks. You know, Hub, I think you hit a great point there. Hub Arkish. Good for you, and you know, I'm sure that's something you're proud of. Hub Arkish doesn't get any better than this. Hello. Hub Arkish, 670 to score, senior football expert. Good evening, Chicago, and welcome into the program. I am Hub Arkish, and it's great to be with you all this evening. It has been a while. been uh, out uh, following various uh, camps and mini-camps and OTAs around the NFL. Been, of course, at mini-camp out at Hallis Hall the last three days, today, yesterday, and Tuesday. And I uh, haven't been able to spend a lot of time with you on the air, but I'm delighted to be here tonight. Uh, for those of you who get to join me uh, fairly regularly when I am here hosting or on the air, you know my very favorite part of getting to do this is getting to visit with all of you, not just to talk at you, but to talk with you. And we will be taking your phone calls all night long at 312-644-6767 as we broadcast live from the Hyundai Score Studios brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. And there is plenty to talk about. My producer tonight, Brian Callahan, and Brian and I getting ready for this evening. We talked about several possible themes. Uh, again, I, I love the chance to talk some Cubs baseball, some Bulls basketball, Blackhawks, White Sox, but it's actually a pretty depressing time in Chicago sports right now, to be very honest about it. And so we thought, hey, I've been away for a while. We've only got a couple hours following my ex-broadcast partners and still good friends, uh, Jeff Joniak and Tommy Thayer. And with minicamp a wrap, there will be no Bears access for the next six weeks as the team has left. I shouldn't say no all access. I'm not sure about the radio show, but as far as being around the football team, um, they're now off on summer vacation. And so thought this would be a good time to take a couple hours tonight and recap what's going on with the Bears as the offseason has now come to an end and they prepare for training camp and to take a look around the NFL as well with some of the hot topics that they've got going on. So we're going to visit at 7.20 with one of the better beat guys in town, one of the best actually, Mark Potash from the Chicago Sun-Times, good enough to stop and visit with us at 7.20. At 8 o'clock, Sean Salisbury, one of the 
top voices of sports talk radio and sports, and particularly the Houston Texans and the NFL down in Houston, going to check in, find out what's going on with them and our old buddy Lovey Smith. And again, we'll be taking your calls all night at 312-644-6767. For those of you not familiar, you can also join us in the text zone. Text me with this question, your questions if you don't want to call at the same number, 312-644-6767. That text zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at RosenHyundai.com. And really looking forward to visiting with you all. The phone lines and the text line is open right now, so dial us up to get in the show. Let me know what is on your mind. And you know, it, it, it's been a, a very interesting time out there at Hallis Hall. As a matter of fact, it's funny following Jeff and Tom. Tommy and I um, watched together on the sidelines yesterday for about half hour at uh, at minicamp, and, and I was getting his impressions of where this football team is at. Uh, not surprisingly, after working together for as many years as we have, um, Tom and I are pretty much on the same page with all this. And um, it's been interesting, as we've seen Ryan Poles begin to put his, his foundation, his plan in place, his, his um, philosophy for acquiring new talent, for parting ways with old talent, how he intends to go about building this football team. And let's not mince any words or waste any time about it. He's decided to do it by doing a complete rebuild. Um, as he said on the final night of the draft, don't want to use that word rebuild. It's a sensitive word. But the best they can do is chip away at it a year at a time and keep trying to get better. That's kind of the definition of a rebuild if you think about it when you add the fact that all of the top veteran talent for the most part is now gone with the exception of Robert Quinn. And of course, that is how we started minicamp this week with the um, slightly surprising to me. Others have said they expected it. I, I don't know that that is, is fair. I mean, Robert Quinn was at Hallis Hall on April 26, two days before the draft, uh, to accept the Piccolo Award. Uh, two, of course, are given a veteran Piccolo Award, a rookie award. Um, Khalil Herbert was there for the rookie award. But Robert, it's the one chance we've had to visit with him this offseason as he has elected not to participate in any of the voluntary work. Uh, but he indicated at that time that he hoped to be in Chicago. He, he did give us a few sound bites that suggested he may not necessarily be thrilled about some of what's gone on. He misses his, uh, his, his, I won't call him his sidekick. I think he was more the sidekick with Cleo Mack, but said he was certainly caught by surprise by the Cleo Mack trade. But for the most part, um, there was no ultimatums given, no suggestion that he wanted to leave. Uh, the exact quote, as a matter of fact, was that he hoped he had done enough to stick around and have a foot in the door. But as you listen to some of his reaction, you began to wonder. And then a lot of people started reading into the fact that he was not participating in any of the voluntary workouts, uh, OTAs, the, the voluntary minicamp that, that preceded the OTAs. But if you look at Robert's history, he has not participated in, in, in a lot of the voluntary work in the past. So that in itself was not a tip-off. But when he did not show on Tuesday, and when, when new head coach Matt Eberflus began his uh, post-practice comments by saying, he, he gave us a statement talking about some of the things he had seen and some of the things he liked, and then said, lastly, uh, Robert Quinn was not here and said that he was going to leave that conversation to Ryan Poles, that he'd have nothing really to say about it other than to confirm that he was not participating. When we asked him specifically, well, this is a mandatory camp, is he excused? His answer was, well, as I said, it's mandatory, which was kind of a vague way of saying, no, he's not excused. And, you know, we know that to be the case. He uh, 
faces fines of up to almost $90,000, $88,000 and some change for missing all three days. Those are not mandatory fines, but the team certainly has the right to assess them or some level uh, of that amount. Now, for a guy who got a contract that included $30 million guaranteed, he's already collected over $23 million in cash in his first two years here. Um, actually, I think he's collected more than that, uh, but, but uh, that much of the guaranteed money has now been paid out. Um, you might say, well, what's $88,000? Guys, my experience has been uh, working around wealthy athletes that $88,000 is still $88,000 no matter how much money you're making. And so um, it certainly suggests that he is at best unhappy. Uh, there have been no ultimatums given as far as we know that our trade mirror I won't show. And because Ryan Poles has not been available to the media since the final day of the draft, we have not gotten any official team position on what's next. But when you realize that this team is undertaking a complete rebuild, and, and that's what they're doing, um, it, it would be nice to have Robert Quinn here to act as a bridge to the, the youngsters coming in, to act as a mentor, to provide a veteran all-pro presence, and certainly to give you as many of the 18-and-a-half quarterback sacks as he gave you this past season. I don't think you're going to see another year from him like that, but he played at such a high level that there's no reason to believe that he isn't still a double-digit sack guy for at least another year or so. And it wasn't just the sacks. He he played the run excellent. He was second-team All-Pro. I really believe he should have been first-team uh, All-Pro. Uh, you know, T.J. Watt got one of those edge rusher spots. The other one went to Miles Garrett, who also had an excellent year but did not quite match Robert's numbers, didn't play on a, a team that won a whole lot more. I was a little surprised by that. Uh, Robert got my vote. He, he did uh, make second-team All-Pro. And so you'd love to have that presence, but let's be honest. He's 32 years old. Maybe he's got one best-case two years left like that. The rebuild isn't going to be done before then. They're not going to be contending um, by the end of the 23 season. At least it's not likely. And so he's probably not going to be here when Ryan Poles completes the construction plan he's undertaken anyway. So the big question is, can you trade him and what can you get for him? And I wrote about this at shawlocal.com on Tuesday. It's up there. The stuff gets archived if you'd like to go read the piece. But at the end of the day, what it comes down to is the Bears did not get anywhere near fair value in draft capital or players for Khalil Mack. There's not anybody in the league who's going to dispute that he wasn't worth a hell of a lot more than the second-round pick they got this year and then a sixth-rounder next year, which they've already traded. Um, but they also got um, a ton of cap relief, and, and that was the key in that deal for Ryan Poles. I, I still personally don't believe it was enough when you realize the talent you gave up but I, I do you know, have to accept that if Poles made the deal, he felt it was the best offer on the table, and the cap relief is significant. However, now as you turn to trade Robert Quinn, is that where the bar is set? Are you going to have to accept less than that? Well, take a look at where Von Miller was um, at, I think it was week eight last year, with, uh, what was it, four and a half sacks, 17 total tackles, had missed two games, and in fact was injured at the time he was traded. Um, missed the bulk of the 20 season uh, with an ankle injury, a year and a half older than Robert Quinn, and yet the Rams parted with a second and third round draft choice this year. Now, did the Rams overpay? Possibly, probably if you like, but nonetheless, 
that's where the bar is set. And so now you've got Robert Quinn, who was the second best pass rusher in the NFL last year. Only um, T.J. Watt had more sacks and more combined sacks and pressures. And so if you're going to deal Quinn, he is not helping his trade value. Uh, you can't really call this a holdout. He missed minicamp, but that's kind of where they're at. And so this is going to be the first real test for Ryan Poles. You you give him credit for what he accomplished cap-wise in the Cleo Mack deal. Uh, you, you probably are a little disappointed in the draft capital that he got. He's going to have to do better for Robert Quinn, or there is going to be disappointing disappointment if a deal is made. So that was where we started minicamp. And then we moved from there uh, to the continued presence of Tevin Jenkins running with the second string at right tackle. Matt Eberflus has continued to explain um, that, that this is possibly temporary. They're just looking at combinations. Um, but, you know, let's be honest at this, guys. If they weren't concerned about what they were seeing from Tevin Jenkins at right tackle, he wouldn't be running with the twos because the, the, the idea that, you know, you want to see Braxton Jones at left tackle with the ones, that's fine, but you don't have a starting right guard right now. It may be Larry Borum's best natural position, although I do still think that he probably has as high a ceiling at left tackle as Braxton Jones does. But if you want to make that move, then move Borum into right guard to run with the ones, and you've got all the kids getting the reps they need. Clearly, they're not overwhelmed, um, uh, you know, with, with what they've got uh, from Tevin Jenkins so far. So, you know, more minor controversy starting to brew. Um, other things have been, in, in, you know, uh, intriguing. Uh, Justin Fields, you can't make much out of the work they're doing right now with no pads and no live action, but his leadership qualities are showing through. He appears far more relaxed. We visited with him yesterday, really was impressed with how he carried himself. There is a positive mojo right now behind Justin Fields. Uh, David Montgomery has become a true leader of this football team. Cole Komet is the new player rep. Uh, you're hoping year three is where a lot of these young tight ends really break out. So there certainly has been some encouragement there as well. Um, but at the end of the day, um, you know, kind of a mixed bag early in training camp. So, guys, I want to get to one quick call before we break. We're going to get Potsy in here at 720, but Mark has dialed us up from Milwaukee. And, uh, Mark, I do appreciate that. Uh, what's on your mind? Love to hear what your question is or your thoughts are this evening. Hey, Hub, how you doing? I'm good, Mark. Thank you. First of all, Hub, I don't know if you still reside in the same place, but our dear friend, Dr. Michael, is a dear friend and fraternity brother of mine and speaks the world of you. So, Thank you. Thank you very much. And I the same in return. A <laughs> um, couple things. As far as Khalil Mack goes, if you go back to when he was acquired, Green Bay wanted him just as bad as the Bears did, and they were shocked due to the guys to pass guys to Reggie McKenzie that they didn't get him. So they would have taken him, although, you know, the Bears got him. They felt Bears, you know, what Bears had offered him better as far as draft and things like that. But my question is this. Robert Quinn, number one, what is his status? Is he signed? Is he a free agent? Um, you know, how long does he have left under contract? Because, I mean, I know... And, you know, what I've heard on the score is that he's holding up because he doesn't feel the can contend possibly this year and wants to, you know, force the move or something to go to a contender. Um, I don't think they would ever trade him to the Packers. 
and I know they have a lot of cap space the Bears, but the thing was with the cap space, I know Devontae Adams bolted, but they actually, if I'm not mistaken, offered him more money and could have worked it out, which I don't know how. Um, but uh, what, you know, I agree with you. I think you're going to take a lot and what they're going to cost. And, you know, as far as them acquiring somebody like Metcalf, you know, $100 million for these receivers, I get it. But if I'm not mistaken, Metcalf, A.J. Brown, and uh, Elgin Jenkins, I think were all teammates at Mississippi State. The Packers signed Elgin Jenkins before either of those two were picked. And I'm not, you know, saying it was a bad pick because he turned out to be an all-pro until he got hurt. Uh, the other two would have been attractive. But, you know, Gutenkus, everybody, you know, Packer fans were obviously not happy with the Jordan Love thing. They think he fell in love with him. But other than that, I think he's done pretty well. And I appreciate you, Hub. And I was not happy. Being, I am a huge Packer fan. I had an autographed football as a kid from the 63 Bears. But when Aaron Rodgers said the things he said about you, I thought it was awful, disrespectful. <laughs> I know you got big shoulders, but I don't like it. Mark, thank you very much for the phone call. What I'm going to ask you to do is hang on the line. We don't want to be late to get Patsy, but we're going to start by talking about your thoughts and your question right now. So uh, stick around. That's where we'll lead with Mark Potash in just a moment. I, I would tell you quickly, though, you know, you mentioned that the Packers wanted Mac when the Bears traded for him. That's true, but at that point, they had not yet drafted Rashawn Gary or signed the Smith brothers, Preston Zadarius Smith. Zadarius Smith has since left. Um, they, they've addressed their pass rush in different ways. So I don't know that they were a viable option when the Bears made the deal with the Chargers. Uh, we'll talk about what Robert Quinn uh, wants with Mark Potash. He's got three years left on his deal this year and two more at base salaries that run between uh, 12 uh, or between 13, 12 and a half to 13 and a half million dollars. Certainly not unreasonable for an all pro pass rusher. Um, but anybody who says they know what he's thinking is making it up because he's not telling us. He hasn't spoken about it, and so we can speculate as best we can. Patsy is amongst the most informed in town. He will be with us in just a moment. First, we're going to take this very quick break right here at 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other 
other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hub Arkish on 670 The Score. After the incident in Florida, do you feel you have to redeem yourself in the eyes of the organization? I come here to play. They know I'm coming to play. I'm coming to work hard. Ain't no excuses, no complaints, none of that. I'm just smile and keep working hard. It don't matter the weather, cold, hot, I'm going to be smiling, working. Welcome back, everybody. That was Bears wide receiver Byron Pringle responding to, uh, as I've said a few times tonight, and I can't say it enough, one of the best beat reporters in town. Mark Potash covers the Chicago Bears and other sports for the Chicago Sun-Times and uh, has been on the beat for quite a while. And Potsy, good enough to take some time out of his evening to join us right now here at 670 The Score. And uh, Mark, thank you so much for being with me tonight. And we'll, uh, we'll get back to Pringle in just a minute. I, I want to pick up where I left off before the break with our last caller. I don't know if you heard, but obviously the, the biggest story to come out of minicamp was the no-show of Robert Quinn. And our caller w- was trying to determine um, what we know about why he's not here. And, and I think we can all speculate with some accuracy um, it's not about his contract. He knows he's not getting more money, uh, um, uh, in spite of, you know, the fact that he did have an all pro season last year. And, and, you know, he did tell us, uh, a couple of weeks ago that he wanted to be here, but also acknowledged his surprise. And, and I think even though he didn't use the word disappointment with the Cleo Mack trade, can see the handwriting on the wall. And again, you know, people are going to accuse me of being negative. Go ahead and accuse away. This is objective analysis when I say this is obviously not going to be a very good football team this year. And so we have to assume that coming off of last year, he just doesn't want to play his twilight years in a rebuilding situation. Is there anything in that 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 you see differently or disagree with? Not really, Hub. Uh, it is mystifying because of that. Usually you know exactly what a guy is holding out for uh, or why a guy is holding out, and this we really don't know because I remember asking him if he was okay with uh, you know being a veteran on a rebuild team, and he didn't exactly say no. He, he, uh, he kind of dismissed it, I guess, but he did, certainly didn't show any indication that he was you know, uh, unhappy being in that situation. I think, I, think, I think his quote was, no player is better than me, and I believe everyone else should carry themselves the same way. That was, that's what he said at the time, and that to me just indicated that as we know Robert Quinn, a real team guy and not really going to rock the boat. 
But it's a weird situation. I don't know if the Bears are any more interested in having Robert Quinn on their team as Robert Quinn is being on the Bears. The Bears don't need Robert Quinn. Their their goal, as far as I'm concerned, is to is is to lose games and keep their quarterback healthy uh, in 2022 and develop other players. And all Robert Quinn does is take up salary cap space, take up uh, snaps from a younger player, and help them win games, which they don't really need to do. And so it's a really kind of weird situation where I don't know where either side is on this, but I do know if the Bears are, do not have Robert Quinn on their team, they might be better off. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that closing statement, Mark. I think we have to be a little careful there. There is some nuance here. I, I would debate. I don't believe their goal is to lose games, but I don't think they're disappointed that that's likely to be a byproduct of their rebuilding to give them higher draft choices. You know, you, you can't play this game uh, and play it safely if you're not out there doing everything you can to win. But when you look at well, the, how, the, the how They team, will not try to lose games. I think this yeah. is a, you're right. This is a very nuanced point in all, this, in all the discussions in all sports about tanking. But they're going to play a lot of rookies. And if they mm-hmm. lose games with those rookies to win more games in 2023, they will be more than willing to do that. And I think that's the point to be made about where the Bears are headed in 2022. Not trying to lose games, but they're going to play – players for the future that will that will probably end up, you know, they're not going to win as many games as they would if they had Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks on their team. Yeah, no question about it. I think the losing is going to be a, a kind of a ass backwards, to be honest with you, benefit or byproduct of it all, because they will get a, a very high draft choice uh, the more they lose. But it was also interesting when, when we, I say we because I don't remember exactly who asked the question, but when Robert was asked how he feels about playing on a rebuilding team, he his response was, you know, I don't look at it that way. He, he said, you know, we're all professionals and we're all going to be out there doing everything we can to win and play the best we can. And, you know, I, I thought it was a, a pretty good, it was either a pretty good dodge of the question or it was a pretty good answer. Um, and, and, and I don't, you know, some of the guys said, including my partner, Sean Hammond at Shaw, I think he wrote or said, you know, as expected, Robert wasn't here. I didn't expect that. I, you know, he because of what he said in the one visit we had when he won the Piccolo Award, and because he has not participated in most voluntary workouts since he's been a Chicago Bear, I thought he was just waiting until he had to be here. I knew there was a chance he might not show, but I thought it was really interesting when when um, uh, the new coach Matt Eberflus said to us, he has not spoken uh, to them. He's going to leave that to Ryan Pace, uh, Ryan Poles. And, and them, as near as I could tell in this situation, could only be Quinn and his agent. And that's what, and I'm just speculating here, and I'm curious for your take on it, but, but to me, that may be what has caused this problem, is they may have told him that, that they're doing their best to work out a trade for him and get the best he can. And he may feel, if you're trying to trade me, then, then why should I bother coming in? And, and again, this is my speculation and my guess, but I suspect that's the reason he wasn't there this week. Yeah, and I agree with that. I think that's that makes that certainly makes the most sense, and that that would be that would be uh, uh, most in line with who Robert Quinn is, because otherwise, a disgruntled Robert Quinn is kind of an oxymoron. It, 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 it doesn't make sense. You know, what I'm saying he he's such a good guy, uh, and he's been so professional and responsible as a bear, and I think in his career that for him to just kind of turn like this without any reason. Uh, just wouldn't make sense, wouldn't be consistent with, with uh, his nature, I guess. And, and your explanation of that, that, yeah, uh, yeah maybe, you know, maybe, that's, maybe that's the direction he wants to go now that he sees where the, how the Bears are playing their hand, that makes more sense. And I think that's, that's probably 
you know, I, I guess they'll try and get what they can for him. I don't know. It's you know, with the, with the, with I think as you pointed out, or uh, you know, the, with the price they got for Mac, it's it's really tough to see if they're going to get anything. And um, and and there's obviously money involved too. So it's uh, it's an interesting situation. But I think I still think the upshot is this is not one of those things where like uh, if, there, if this was 2018 or 2019, and oh man, uh, Robert Quinn would be uh, would be quite a quite a loss to the Bears. Um, so I'll be honest, I'm not like um, yeah, I'm, I'm not. Uh, my head's not blowing up over this. No, I, you know, and it's really interesting, Mark. And we're going to move on in a second, but. Robert, when he got here in 2020, was never quite himself. We were we were all dealing with the COVID situation, which made everything weird. Um, he obviously did not have a Robert Quinn season. He 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 did not do well rushing the passer, um, and and he was he spoke to us. He he was always you know polite, a high character guy, but you could tell he was unhappy. He didn't he admitted it. He didn't dispute it much. But then he got settled in Chicago in the offseason, came back, had this incredible year last year, and was so pleased to be here that he won our good guy award. You know, the media every year uh, picks the guy on the team who is the most cooperative, uh, uh, the best to not only his teammates but to the media and to the fans. And he he was absolutely everything you could want to be in in a leader and a producer and a performer and a teammate, um, you know, last season in 21. And so now to end up here... Um, it just, he is a very interesting guy. <laughs> There's a lot going on there. And I think what we learned, you know, over the last two years with him is that he takes things very personally, you know, right. and, and I, I don't think he's trying to hurt the organization. I think he's just saying, if this is the way you're going to treat me, this is the way I'm going to act. Yeah. And I think somehow, I think this will end amicably uh, to tell you yeah. the truth with, uh, I think the, I think they'll figure it out what's best in the best interest for both sides. I think, though, when you get a player at 31 who's had a good season, but, you know, that he's 30, you know, he's in his 30s, and he's carry, and he carry, there's dead cap money, there's salary cap money to involved. It, it complicates things. It's not as easy as just moving modular pieces, uh, you know, in, in like a fantasy league. So, um, so I, think it's complica- I think that's the complication is how to settle this. But I do think it will be settled amicably, and I think both sides will be better off for it. But I think we'll end up with, with, uh, with uh, Robert Quinn not on the Bears. The other uh, big story, I guess you'd say, actually began last week in the final week of OTAs, but continued this week when Tevin Jenkins was still running with the second team. Uh, you know, uh, Flus has, has explained to us, not, don't read anything into it. We're looking at different combinations, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I understand, you know, why he has to put it that way, and he's trying to be careful. Um, but from where I sit, and again, I don't know if you agree, come on, guys, let's be honest. Uh, if you were getting what you wanted out of him at right tackle, nobody needs reps and practice and development more than he does. And when you put Braxton Jones at left tackle and move Larry Borum into his spot, when you don't have a starting right guard, which might be Borum's most natural position, it tells you that they're not thrilled at this point with Tevin Jenkins. I don't, I don't think they can spin that one any way they want. They're not going to convince me it's anything different. And that's got to be pretty concerning because going into this offseason, they did nothing but bring in backup journeyman veterans on the offensive line, in part because everybody assumed that they hoped and felt they had their bookend tackles of the future in Borum and Jenkins. Yeah, you know, in general, it sounds like the Bears' uh, 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 polls' evaluation of the Bears' roster didn't really respect very much of what he inherited. I think that's pretty clear, and um, and, and I think uh, 
uh, it just sounds like Tevin Jenkins. That pick is something that uh, that is kind of almost a focal point of that because if you think about it, or the way I look at it is how much how much can you tell in 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 just shorts and shells or just in any kind of OTA situation? You know how bad do you have to be to 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 be that convincing that you don't deserve the job? You know what I'm saying? I mean. Offensive line, you, you you really, I mean, just like any position, you need to see them at full speed to really know how they can react and what they can do. And I guess they've seen enough on tape, and they've seen enough in person in this situation that they know that uh, this is not their guy. And that doesn't mean he won't win the job. But I will say this, uh, when they make moves, it's not just to send a message. It's to give a guy like Braxton Jones, every opportunity uh, he can to win his job, and Larry Borb, every opportunity he can to to win their job. And I think that's going to be a good thing, is that they're very open-minded and objective about what they've got. They may not have a great team or whatever, but they're not going to let things get in the way, like a guy uh, you know starting just because he was a second-round a high draft pick or whatever, or because he was they don't have you know if you notice them getting off topic a little bit, they have very few veterans like Deshaun Gibson's and those guys to get in the way of younger players, and I think that's going to be kind of their mo. That's going to be their theme. So to answer, I'm not sure if it answers your question, but I think yeah, yeah, I think they're looking, they're giving, they're looking at this very clearly, and I think they've taken a. A, a very objective look at the Bears roster, and this is why you're seeing a guy like Tevin Jenkins not plugged in like we thought he would be, or like he certainly would be if Ryan, Ryan Pace was still in charge. Yeah, Mark, I completely agree with you that I, I really do like their their openness and that the fact that they're clearly not bound to anything that happened before they got here. If you're going to do a rebuild, you can't be. Um, and, and so that part of it is a positive. But I do think we also have to report that there, there is another possibility here, um, which is uh, Tevin Jenkins is a really likable kid, um, and I don't have anything critical to say of him. But again, just objective analysis. He, he has struck me since he got here as possibly a, a little immature. He, he comes from a kind of a different family background. Uh, he was a little bit of a slow developer at Oklahoma State, and, and it could be that this is a motivational tactic. And, and the reason I suggest that is everybody knows Jalen Johnson is one of your starting corners, and yet they had him running with the twos for a couple days too. Uh, Flus explained to us that, that you know he had been away and they wanted to see where he was at and let him settle in. Well, yeah, sure, everybody had been away. You know? And so right. when you took Jalen Johnson and ran him with the twos, I'm positive they were sending him a message. I don't know why. I, I don't know if he needed it or not. But, but I do think that we have to at least, you know, consider that that it could be part of what they're doing here with Jenkins, too. And Hub, I don't doubt that at all, but the difference is that Jalen Johnson was always going to be the starter cornerback, no matter what happened uh, with his replacement, or I think it was Kendall Vildor, whoever they put in there. Uh, Tevin Jenkins can lose his job. I mean, uh, that's the difference. He's not, this is not like a punishment. You know, like he's not in timeout, and then in training camp, uh, everything will be back. I mean, he may end up starting. And he, but he's got to, he's going to have to win that job, and I think so. I think it's both. I think they're sending a message, but they're also unhappy with just performance-wise. Whereas with uh, um, uh, whereas with Jalen Johnson, I think they knew all along he was still going to be their um, their starting quarterback. So I think it's a little, it's just different ways of managing people. I mean, that's what good organizations do. They manage people differently, and uh, and uh, and so far, um, you know, I don't see anything amiss with the way they're handling those situations. 
We are visiting with Mark Potash. You should be reading him every day in the Chicago Sun-Times sports section. If you're not, you're missing out on a ton. Uh, obviously, you can go to the Chicago Sun-Times website as well and get Mark's work. And, you know, Patsy, uh, there's a lot of reporting coming out of Hallis Hall about how great Justin Fields looks and, and this and that. Uh, I don't dispute it at all. I just refuse to report positively or negatively, that anybody looks good or bad as they, uh, in the words of our old friend Foxy, run around on grass in their underwear. Um, and so I'm curious uh, uh, for your take on, on what seems to be rampant opti- optimism about what Fields is doing so far. Yeah, I almost ignore it, um, Hub, to tell you the truth. I mean, wow, who, who hasn't been in Chicago? How long do you have to be in Chicago to not be skeptical about any optimism about a quarterback? I mean, that's. I mean, it's just crazy to 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 make anything definitive. Now, it's good. Now, some of you know the guys who watch film and stuff. They can point out things that that he's doing that are different. But there's so many more things. That go. I'm interested in one thing. I want to see Luke Getz's offense. I want to. Mm-hmm. I want to see an offense that gets uh, receivers open, no matter who they are. And then let's see what Justin Fields can do. If they're depending on Justin Fields to to make this offense work. Uh, I think I, that might be uh, difficult. I just don't think they have enough. But everything, to me, everything about the Bears, uh, as far as I'm concerned, is, is, is on, is on Getzey being more than just not Matt Nagy and being a guy who can, uh, who can, uh, who can um, create conflict of assignment and all the things that make good quarterbacks good by, creating, uh, by putting defenses on their heels and creating uh, uh, um, open receivers and giving, allowing this very mundane, very dis, nondescript receiver core a chance to make plays because they're all professionals, and if you put them in a good offense, as we've seen with Pringle, uh, you know, they can't be productive. So I guess what I'm saying is I'm not really focused as much on, um, on, on, on what Fields is doing um, because I think he just has so far, so long to go, so far to go, and there's so much more that has to happen. The one thing I can, I, can, I know definitively, is it all depends on the construction of the offense. And he, uh, he's not a guy at this point who can lift the team on his shoulders or lift an offense on his shoulders. Um, he needs an offense first, and th- and that's really to me that's that's the first thing is the offense, and then the quarterback, even when it's Justin Fields. Mark, I want to take you across the line of scrimmage and get your take on on what is my biggest concern with this football team right now. Uh, Roquan Smith, at the end of this season, is going to become one of the highest paid players in football by somebody. Okay, and 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 we have no indication that the Bears don't want it to be them. But you know, I, I'm worried about the lack of urgency or even focus or concern here, and it's coming both ways. Uh, as far as we know, we visited with Roquan last about three weeks ago, and he did acknowledge that he still does not have an agent. Um, and just to refresh everybody's memory, he was represented coming out of school when the Bears drafted him. Uh, there was that holdout, and it was over really just some semantics and language in the contract for a clause that they wanted. Um, he got the deal done. He then uh, let his agent go. He has basically not had an agent since. And, and the significance of that is if, if something doesn't get done before the opening game, I don't see he's not going to get signed in season. And that means he's going to get a chance to go to free agency. And, you know, particularly for a team that is that is beginning this rebuild, he is the only surefire piece that you have right now. I mean, in spite of the fact that the all pro and pro bowl voters just don't seem to understand it. This guy is one of the best defensive players in football. 
And it's great to have him here. And he certainly appears to be, you know, one of the keys to, to Matt Eberflus's Tampa 2 defense is his will linebacker. And even though they haven't acknowledged yet that that's going to be Roquan, you know, we, we, we pretty much know it's going to be. Um, he is most likely, if he can stay healthy, going to have a lights-out season. And I am really worried that this team is not more concerned about keeping him from getting to free agency at the end of the year. They do have the franchise tag, obviously, um, but I don't think that's the way you want to go. Well, it's not. But how about, I, I will say this. I think this goes back again to the whole objectivity thing and just how pervasive it is, how solid it is. Even Roquan Smith is not above that. They want to see what he's actually going to be in Matt Eberflus's defense. And, uh, and, and I think then they'll make decisions. Now, they could, you know, I mean, they could sign him early, but I think it's complicated by the no-agent thing. And, and, and I, I don't know, I just, it's, it's hard to predict that. But I, just, I think the biggest thing is that the Bears under Poles and Eberflus want to make sure they know what they've got before they splurge like that. And they'll have the wherewithal to do it. Once they see it, it will get done. And, you know, maybe not having an agent will allow them to sign him uh, after, afterwards. I don't, I'm not sure how it works but, or how it will work. But I think if you're, if you're asking why is, that not, why is this not the no-brainer that we all think it is, is because we've seen Roquan in one defense, and they want to make sure he's the same guy or the Darius Leonard, whatever you want to say, uh, uh, position in theirs. And that's the, only, that's the only reason to not have him signed. Let's put it that way. Otherwise, it is a no-brainer. He's, he's uh, what is he, 25? He's just, he's a great, he's just a, he's a great all-around player who's very versatile and who has room to, who's been really good and has room to grow. In fact, this, in, this, in this defense, I think he can even be even better than he was. I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be more of a playmaker in this defense if it's what they say it is. And based on what we've seen from Eberflus in the past, he's made He's maxed out a lot of guys in his defense, good players and undrafted guys. So, um, so I think that's what they're waiting to see. And like I said, it goes back to them being very objective about what they got, and they're not gushing over anybody. And so, uh, so that's what I think that would be if there's a holdup, if you want to call it that. That's what it'd be. They're being very prudent and patient about everybody. Mark, I know you've got a lot better things to do tonight than just sit here and talk with me. But before I let you go, the offseason is over. Next up is training camp. Uh, what are the, the, the one or two things that you're most focused on now that you'll be looking for as they finally put the pads on and we begin to get a look at what this team might really be? Well, I guess the makeup of are you talking about when we get to training camp? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, when when I when they go to training camp, uh, I think uh, I think the makeup of the offensive line. Who's who's the starting offensive line when they get in pads? I think I think that will be the the first thing, and uh, and uh, and just the and again the I want to see what Luke Getzey's offense looks like. I think that will tell me everything because the Bears are uh, Eberflus is a defensive coach and and uh, and he has his guy uh, in Allen Williams as a defensive coordinator. And no matter, even if that doesn't start well, I think eventually it will get there just because that's his baby. So um, the, the biggest thing is really on offense uh, where, you know, it's really a, a big question mark. So I, that's what I'll be looking at is just, you know, just the, the design of the offense and, and, and the offensive line. And, um, and I'll be honest, we won't know anything, especially the way preseason is going. We're not going to know anything until game week one. I mean, no matter, even if they look good, we've seen that before. So I'll be honest, I'm not, I don't mean to dismiss the question, because training camp, there is something to look forward to. But really, I'm fast-forwarding in my head to week one already, 
because that's where we're, if you're talking about when are we going to find when are we going to get definitive things about the Bears in 2022 or 2023? That's when you're going to know. I don't think I don't I think uh, I think uh, a preseason, especially when they do it now, and just training camp can can be more deceptive than anything else. And one of those things where just like now, you don't want to make any uh, any definitive statements about anything, uh, no matter what you see. You've been listening to Mark Potash on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Potsy, thank you so much, man. I'll see you uh, in a few weeks, if not sooner, and I really appreciate your time tonight. Looking forward to it, Hub. Always glad to be on your show. That is Mark Potash, folks. We've got to take a very quick commercial break. When we get back, phone lines will be open, 312-644-6767. Give us a call. Let us know what's on your mind. We're back in just a moment right here on The Score. Hub Arkish on 670 The Score. As you guys saw today, everybody wore 41. Um, you know, offense wore the dark jerseys, and then white. Uh, the defense wore the white, so that's pretty cool. Um, and we talked about Brian Piccolo. I mean, his courage and him being a great teammate um, in the team meeting this morning uh, with the players. And uh, so that was an enjoyable uh, moment for us. And then we just took a nice photo out there, too. So uh, I know Joy and the girls were here as well. So it was a special day that way. Welcome back to the program, everybody. I am Hub Arkish here at 670 The Score with you until 9 o'clock this evening. Um, Matt Eberflus talking earlier today about uh, uh, one of the motivational tactics that he uh, used today. He's been doing a lot of this uh, in different ways, but uh, he is absolutely committed to not only bringing Bears alumni back into the fold and, and reminding everybody that this is the heritage franchise in the NFL, the founder of this football team, founded the National Football League. They are uh, the winningest team in the history of the NFL. I'm talking about the entire history, not the modern era. They have the second most championships. They have the most Hall of Famers. Um, and and he feels it's very important for all of his younger players to get a sense of that and to, to have it be a, a call to duty and a call to honor. Uh, and, and he's doing so much to try and accomplish it. That's why uh, you probably read or heard he took the entire team out to Wrigley Field last week on the final day of OTAs instead of practicing football. They went out uh, on the field at Wrigley and divided into groups and had a what we used to call in junior high school a field day type event where uh, there were contests and various activities. They had a home run, various activities. They had a home run derby, and he wanted them to see. Uh, you know where the Chicago Bears were were, found, were founded. You, you know where they where they grew up, where they were created, and it was just one of many things that he's done. On uh, Tuesday of this week, the first day of the veteran minicamp, there was an open invita- invitation to uh, veteran players to come back and meet the new team. Number of, it was great for me, not that anybody cares, but got to see a bunch of dear old friends that haven't seen in a long time. Uh, spent a lot of the practice with Marcus Robinson, watching Luke Getze's offense and discussing the coverages and the wide receiver play. Uh, we had Jay Hilgenberg out there. Of course, Tommy Thayer was there. Uh, Bob Thomas, uh, Judge Thomas uh, uh, was there. Brent Neveselsky. I'm going to forget some folks because there was a bunch of guys out there. And this was a chance for the players prior to practice to meet some of the former Bear greats. And then today, addressing everybody in Brian Piccolo jerseys, uh, in part to let them understand the greatness of the man, the history, the legacy, 
and uh, in part it's just another team building exercise. And um, you know, Flus is he's serious about this. He 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 believes in it. Uh, whether any of this will translate to an extra win or two on the football field remains to be seen. But he is committed with somewhat of a passion uh, to reminding everybody what the Chicago Bears franchise once was and what he would like it to be again. And uh, the fact that the Piccolo family was out there, I'm sure it was in part uh, done to honor them as well for the incredible work they've done in raising money for uh, cancer research and awareness and I think focused on breast cancer these days. And so just really interesting the way that he is approaching this. You know, it's funny, when you, when you talk about Matt Eberflus and what kind of head coach he's going to be, um, he is obviously a defensive guru, if you will. He preaches the Tampa 2. He is not shy about telling everybody this is Lovey Smith's defense. Uh, that, that, you know, Lovey learned it in Tampa. He worked with Lovey. He worked with Rod Marinelli. Uh, you know, he, 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 he wants to reimagine what Lovey Smith built in 2004 and 5 and 6, uh, the last time the Chicago Bears went to a Super Bowl. And so they're doing so many things. Uh, not only to try and become a competitive and winning football team in today's NFL, but to do it by rekindling uh, a lot of the past uh, with the Chicago Bears. And, you know, if you think about it, Brian Piccolo passed away, I believe, before Flus was born. I want to say Matt is 51 now, uh, and Brian uh, unfortunately died at the end of the 60s. So, um, uh, you know, just really a, a kind of a fitting and, and touching tribute in some ways, and one of a number of things that, that he is doing, uh, hopefully to achieve that end. So, guys, we've got to take another quick break here. When we get back, I'm going to shift the focus a little bit to the NFL. Sean Salisbury is uh, obviously former NFL quarterback and been uh, one of the top voices of sports talk radio in Houston for some time now, intimate not only with the Texans and what Lovey Smith is doing down there, but the entire Deshaun Watson situation, which continues to be a bit of a dark cloud over the National Football League and certainly over the Cleveland Browns. So, uh, and again, you know, a former NFL quarterback, we're going to talk some some NFL, some Justin Fields, some Deshaun Watson with Sean Salisbury. That's next right here at 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 